welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Howdy, folks. I've got another great one for you today. Most of you, I'm sure, are on LinkedIn, and maybe you've noticed a change in the vibe over there over the last year. Individuals are starting to put out more original content, and I think this is exciting for people and brands, so that's our topic for today. This was prompted by the recent update to LinkedIn, which includes LinkedIn stories on the mobile app, and seeing some posts where people are worried about it turning into Facebook. So without more yapping from me, here's my conversation with Matthew Ray Scott. All right, my guest today is the man with three first names, Matthew Ray Scott. Matthew is the principal and managing director of Feed the Agency. And he's also known in some parts of the country as the Sasquatch of the Southwoods. (laughs) Some of you may recognize that. Matthew, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Uh, Chris, it's it's great to be on here. It really is. And uh, for the record, my beard is made of Velcro. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it convenient. All right. So today we're going to talk about LinkedIn content strategies because you are one of my LinkedIn heroes. But to start out, tell folks a little bit about Feed because you're in a slightly different space. You're in the healthcare marketing space, but there are a lot of parallels to what the people I'm talking to care about in terms of comparing medical device to scientific instruments, selling to doctors or principal investigators or what have you. Yeah, Feed is a healthcare brand agency. We have office locations in San Diego, Las Vegas, and Northwest Arkansas. And principally what we do is we help surgeons, primarily specialty surgeons, neurosurgeons, spine surgeons, cardiologists, orthopedic surgeons. We help them to build trust with patients and amplify their reputation. And ultimately, we help them to attract more patients. That's one bucket. The second bucket is that we work with some of the leading medical device and medical technology companies in the world, and they engage us to tell stories or help them to develop stories that make doctors want to learn more. And then we're also a co-launch or co-investor in artificial intelligence software that allows doctors to manage their reputation and then also to get more patient reviews. Nice. So we'll talk about LinkedIn stories, which is a new thing. And the reason I contacted you, because I know you're going to be doing a lot of them, I'm trying them out. But you're on LinkedIn every day with content you are making yourself. Why? People buy from people. And contextually, in the midst of a pandemic, LinkedIn is the best professional virtual water cooler for people like you and I, Chris, and for people listening to us to decrease the amount of time that it takes for people to go, yeah, I want to do business with this person. So I use LinkedIn because of the professional stance that, you know, I work with surgeons. Our agency works with medical device companies. They are who they say they are on LinkedIn. It's the one area of healthcare or the one social media platform that Mark or Trixie is not managing their account on their behalf. The doctor is who they say they are. So, we use LinkedIn to 
share value, to create content that helps grow an awareness so that people go, wow, I really got something for free from this agency or from this person that I can implement. And what happens contextually in the midst of a pandemic, when you're focused on solving problems and you're creating awareness, you build authority. And when you build authority, your marketing expenses go down because people will seek you out and they'll find a way to do business with you. You transitioned perfectly into my next question, um, which I will get back to, but you also took the words out of my mouth. I was thinking about making the videos that I've been making on LinkedIn, as you do, and I, I don't have an agency. It's me at home. This is my water cooler. I was thinking that this morning. I don't get to joke around with people. <laughs> you know, when I bump into them at the hall, I have to get people to interact with me by putting out videos. So when you talk about, yeah, for free, I tried LinkedIn ads a long time ago and they were expensive and I got zilt out of it. Not a thing. So it seems like the right content could help anyone get more business for just the cost of their time, which is not insignificant, but a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is, and I had an old boss tell me this, he was an advertising legend, and I think this is relevant for folks listening to us, Chris. Advertising is the price you pay for being boring. And coming from an advertising legend of a billion-dollar ad agency, he knew what you and I are discussing right now, which is if we can create content, either video, words, audio, that's value-led, that focuses on our clients, that helps them, and at a minimum, incites curiosity. It doesn't matter if we're a one-person business or you have offices around the country. And I, I think that one of the big ideas here, Chris, that companies are beginning to explore is when we focus on profitability, how much money we put into our business, how much money we make. I believe that all of us are going to look at profitability in a new way. And I'm no longer surprised when we have creative people on LinkedIn who are spending zero dollars, but they're interesting. A good cup of coffee in the morning, press record, they are leading with value, they are generous. They don't have to be funny. They don't have to be ridiculously good looking. They just have to lead with value. And when they do, people will notice. And what I'm learning, Chris, is that if you and I have the courage to be exclusive, to focus on our niche, instead of trying to be all things to all people, we have an opportunity for people to seek us out. Yeah, and we're going to get back to more of that as well, because as you said, uh, people buy from people, and and not everybody's using LinkedIn in that context. But I want to ask, how do you manage, besides a good cup of coffee in the morning, to publish so frequently and run your business? Because I'm thinking about salespeople who are running all over the country or in meetings all day now on Zoom. How do you make it 
part of your discipline to put out something every single day? I create content and the people in our agency create content because it makes us millions of dollars, period. Now, that in and of itself should incite some curiosity. Yeah. If we did not make money, yeah, if we did not make money off of creating content, we wouldn't do it. We would do something else. So, the reason why we're on LinkedIn is to borrow the Jesse James quote, because that's where the money is. If you're in healthcare, that's where your doctors are. Or at a minimum, they are on there and they will pay attention to you if you're interesting. So the way that I view content and what I suggest to our viewers is when you begin to associate content with prospecting, a more efficient pipeline of customers, making money, you will put value into that. Now, for me personally, what I've done over the years is, is like you, Chris, I've, I've asked for help. I've become a student of storytelling. I ask people, hey, how do you do it? Just like you're doing and just like I'm doing on our podcast, Chris. And what happens is good people are generous with their time. They will tell you exactly what they're doing. And then I apply that. So the way that my mind works, and this may be interesting to your viewers, but I generally, out of the content that I create individually, I'm creating it on a Sunday night. Now, it seems like it was 30 minutes ago, but I'm doing it on Sunday night. And so for the whole week, this should no longer surprise anybody. I've got moleskins. I've got notebooks by my side everywhere I go. And if I have an idea, I jot it down. And when I jot it down, I just put three bullet points to it so that I have a hook and that I have a transition from here to there. And then on Sunday, I go into this what you can't tell is this is a studio I built behind our house pre-pandemic. Who knew that there would be a pandemic? It's ideal. I do have fancy equipment in here, lights, video, boom microphones and all that, but that's not the big idea. The big idea for those who are listening to us with a smartphone or with an inexpensive camera is to ask yourself, can I create content that solves problems that shows my distinct perspective. And if you have a personality without being ridiculously good looking and being a great dancer, you're good. You can still lead with value. And one of the things you and I talked about offline, Chris, the ridiculously good looking people, they're getting ready to hop on LinkedIn. The people who are going to sing and dance with few clothes on, they are getting ready. So, if you were one of those people who is trying to be the moderator of LinkedIn and say, hey, this should be professional only, the lines between personal and professional, you're going to be irrelevant because people are starting to do what they do on Instagram. They're going to do it on LinkedIn. There's no way of stopping it. And what I say, the panacea or the prognosis for you is stay within your niche, because the riches are in the niches, and provide value. I always joke when people ask me, who do I wake up every day and think about? 
I say, I'm creating content for a left-handed, one-eyebrowed orthopedic spine surgeon who wants to treat more patients in an ambulatory surgery center. Yeah. So that whole blurring the lines between what LinkedIn was, what LinkedIn is becoming, that whole professional thing. I, I contacted you over the weekend because some people were kind of aghast that stories were going to show up. And I'll just say from my experience, so people who've listened to my podcast know that I, because I'm trying to make a film, I've been watching a lot of YouTube over the last two years, lots of storytellers. And if you can learn to tell a story, you don't have to be ridiculously good looking. If you can create a hook and be interesting, as you say, people will watch. To those people who think that that may not be professional, I think we all have a narrow view of what professional is in our own context. But for example, I've seen videos of athletes performing amazing things on LinkedIn. And you say, how is that relevant? Well, if the person posting it is a fitness trainer, it's extremely relevant, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to keep in mind that not everybody is in your niche and you can curate your feed. You don't have to watch everybody. You can still stay connected. A lot of people use LinkedIn like a Rolodex instead of a radio. Yeah, I like where you're going with this, Chris. I mean, part of creating interesting content is also asking yourself, if you're thinking about people in your niche, how do they like to consume information? It should be no surprise to anybody watching us or listening to us that video first, it's the next best thing to being there. Audio second, because it still is personalized enough, but it leaves something to the imagination. Those two formats or modalities or mediums are always going to be present. So the third piece of content development that I think that people overlook is what is it based on your skill set, based on your communication preferences and, and of those of your clients, how can you rip out amount of content quickly, efficiently, and professionally? And I think that there are going to be more people like you and I, Chris, that they get over the fact that their hair's messed up, that there's a book in the bookshelf out of place, that they're fat enough. They're just like, I'm just going to press record and I'm going to speak into the microphone and I'm going to lead with value. And I think that can be enough. So that's what I'm learning. And whatever you and I do to string together storytelling narrative will be a bonus and it'll stand out. Yeah. And, you know, I have to give you credit. I first connected in terms of video on LinkedIn with Colin. Yeah. Colin Joseph. What a, what a grand, grand man he is. He's the best. And he encouraged me and he connected me with you and you and I had a conversation about getting the head trash, getting rid of it. And that's when I started really making videos probably last spring, last winter. Yeah. Hey, and tell then, everybody, tell everybody about head trash and about that conversation. Cause I think it's relevant for people. Yeah. You know, I had, when you mentioned like having your hair messed up or whatever, and it is hard, you know, even for someone who does a podcast regularly to, when you turn that camera on, all you see of yourself, first of all, on a podcast, no one likes their own voice. And when you turn on the camera, no one likes their own face. And I think you and I talked about this and he said, 
uh, in one of those videos that I made right after that is you talk to people every day and they're not running away screaming. You're nothing to be afraid of. You have to get over that and know that you have value and people want to hear from you. And And honestly, most people wish they could be you. If you can do it, people are going to say, oh, he's got guts or she's got guts. I love what they're doing. I'm inspired by that person. And if you inspire people, who doesn't want to work with you? Yeah, it's well said, Chris. I love that. At the end of the day, head trash is associated with self-identity. Content development is tethered to identity. Here's what I mean by that. You can tell when people are underconfident because they'll never create content because it's not perfect enough. You can also tell on the opposite end of the spectrum when somebody has a high degree of self-esteem in a bad way. It's all about them. It's everything revolves about them. In the middle, in the middle is hubris meets value. And People have an appreciation for if you and I were at a cocktail party, nobody's going to be drawn to the fat dude who's the loudest. And then nobody's going to get to know the person who just sits in a corner and never says anything. Somewhere in the middle is where you want to be. And I don't think that there's enough discussion about self-identity and self-awareness in content development. I think that they're related. Yeah. And that's beautifully, that's a beautiful example. I was thinking the other day about this whole thing, because you're thinking about stories, which we'll get to in a moment, um, about imposter syndrome. Like, what do I have to offer? And I can tell you that if you suffer from imposter syndrome, you probably do have something to offer. If you don't have imposter syndrome, (laughs) check yourself a little bit, right? No doubt. LinkedIn is a great platform for for other people to discover who we are, and even more importantly, for us to discover who we want to become. And part of that present and future forward is adding value, solving problems, having a unique perspective in a way that you want to help people follow you along that journey, but yet meet them right where they are in whatever decision-making process that they're a part of. Okay, so let's jump into LinkedIn stories. So for people who don't know yet, uh, LinkedIn updated the platform. They now have LinkedIn stories, which are like Instagram stories. So those are short videos or static images with whatever text you want to put on them in a nine by 16 format. In other words, the vertical format of your phone. And um, you can record them, you put them up. And the main thing is they only last for 24 hours. So I think there's an opportunity there, one, to really have people get to know you a little bit more about you than they otherwise would. And to try things out with minimal risk because it's not going to go on your permanent record. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just grateful in life that that applies too. (laughs) Exactly. So how, how are you going to think about LinkedIn stories? Yeah, the way that I looked at LinkedIn stories in kind of the macro is it's an opportunity for people to know, like, trust, and refer you. So at that level. And then specifically, I think LinkedIn stories is a great way to incite curiosity 
in the midst of a pandemic. 20 seconds is a beautiful time frame. And what I think we're getting ready to see is, and, and frankly learn, is do you have the ability in 20 seconds to capture curiosity that ties into something that you did right before and that you will do right after that post. And so the way that I'm viewing LinkedIn stories is in a society, over-communicated, distracted society, can I choose to use LinkedIn stories to give people a glimpse and then find themselves within my journey in a way that makes them go, I'm headed to Homeboy's LinkedIn page so that I can get the three-minute version or the five-minute version. And so personally, that's how I'm utilizing it. And then we're already working with our clients on how to implement that our clients with MD at the end of their name or medical device leaders, um, we're already planning for that as well. Yeah, that's a great point is to use LinkedIn stories. So no one will be surprised to know that people in their downtime, whether it's at lunch, waiting in line at the store, are scrolling through LinkedIn. So now you have an opportunity to appear at the top of the page and people can swipe through your stories or whatever. And as you say, promote maybe a longer piece of content in your feed or go to your profile and see what else you've got going on there. And the 20 seconds at a time, I think is good for learning to tell a story concisely. I'm using it a little differently in that I might make things that are longer. As So all I do is content creation. Essentially, I do this podcast. I call myself a marketer, but really I'm creating content for marketers. So I might make little movies of things that I'm doing, working on. I could put this in a movie and then cut it into 20 second slices. So pro tip for people who don't know, there's an app called Cut Story. And if you uh, load it on your phone and you make something that's longer than 20 seconds, you export it to Cut Story and you say, cut it up for Facebook, which also is 20 seconds, and it'll put those pieces on your phone and upload them one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a good I, tip. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of more interested in exploring those little slightly longer forms, still you know, not maybe more than two minutes long, um, things that tie things together rather than giving little tidbits. But like you, I do have a notebook and I'm writing down ideas so I can fill in some things. Yeah, I told a client today, if you're not interesting in an endless amount of time, you got no hope with LinkedIn stories. Now, I knew this client for a long time, and they found the humor in that. But I think there's truth in that. You know, I think that what we're getting ready to experience, and I think this is going to be an ongoing learning lesson, is we're going to have people that are going to figure out the right message at the right time to the right people. Just as if long-form video is a storytelling narrative that is appropriate for some, the same way that an audio podcast is appropriate for another platform, the same way that a PDF is appropriate at another time. And so what I'm interested in as a brand manager 
is the careful usage of right message, right time to include 20 seconds at a time, whether that's a standalone interesting fact. But here's what I've learned in advertising that I'm applying to LinkedIn stories. There's something to be said for what we call two-step advertising. Two-step advertising to include on LinkedIn stories, it goes like this. Tell me what you're going to tell me. Tell me why it may be a fit for me. And then tell me what you want me to do next. And I think that what I'm already seeing on LinkedIn stories, and we're all going to go through this evolution, is a piece of content that I'm like, yeah, I could have received that on another platform. And what I'm trying for myself, what I'm trying to learn and apply is how do we make our LinkedIn stories unique, but they still reconcile with our overall branding, who we are, who we're becoming, and the clients for whom we serve. And I think that's going to become important. And you do a great job on all your posts in the feed, and I don't know about your stories yet, but of making that call to action. So you you have that storytelling down to where, does this interest you? Book a 15-minute call. Simple call to action, not too much commitment. 15 um, minutes, Chris. I, for whoever is watching and listening to this, as a behavioral scientist, 15 minutes. If you get anything from this, tactically, 15 minutes. Yeah. In the midst of a pandemic, that's the third time I've said that. I'm going to continue to say it until people start to use it as part of their lexicon. In the midst of a pandemic, people don't have endless time to talk to you. 15 minutes settles good with the amygdala. It punches them in the amygdala to go, that's interesting. That's a different time frame. And so they know that you're not going to talk forever. You're going to get to the point. We've beta tested this. When we, so whenever you see me on LinkedIn or anybody from our team say schedule a 15 minute chat, deliberately we use the word chat. We've yeah. tested it. Schedule a 15 minute consultation. Hmm. Doctors hate <laughs> consultations. They're the ones that are doing it. Don't use consultation with a doctor. Schedule a 15 minute chat. And for us, it's 3x increased our consultations during what we would call the pandemic, in part because I think that we follow or we use the prescription of, tell me what you're going to tell me, tell me why it may be interesting to me, and then tell me what you want me to do next. That's the laws of advertising that you can apply when developing your own content. I love that. So let's talk about what are you recommending for your medical device salesman in terms of LinkedIn and specifically maybe stories about without, I'm trying to get away from having salesmen just continue to advertise their products on LinkedIn stories like, hey, we got a new thing here. You need to call me. Yeah. It's more value than that. Yeah. First, most medical salespeople that we work with they're using LinkedIn to find the job that they're getting ready to be let go from. Truthfully, they are not using it as a prospecting tool. 
And so we work with a lot of medical device companies. And the reason why we let them know that we're so optimistic about LinkedIn for the reasons that I mentioned to you earlier, that that's where doctors hang out, that's where they'll pay attention, is I believe that we're getting ready to see a pivot in what you and I would call sales and then specifically medical sales. I think we're going to see a chasm that is crossed. I think we're going to see a separation between salespeople who understand how to create digital relationships and then how to take those digital relationships and build a business relationship that they can make money from. Most medical sales device professionals, in my opinion, they are hunkered down. They are waiting for this COVID storm to pass so that they can be allowed back into the hospital. And so Gloria, the gatekeeper, will allow them to drop off donuts. I'm being a bit dramatic, but not really. I'm telling you, this is what I believe is happening. But I'm seeing, in fact, we created a course called Medical Sales Rx, the virtual operating Zoom. The only reason why we created this course, it wasn't on our radar screen, was we had a heart to serve medical sales professionals and teach them the skills that we were learning. Our clients are their clients, busy surgeons. And so we were having success. We sell expensive stuff to doctors. Why not teach medical salespeople who are selling expensive touch to doctors? And so we created this course and it's been fun for us to see distributors and medical sales professionals pivot and find success. And if you talk to them, there is no way in heck they would go back to business as usual. And so that's the guidance that I give medical salespeople. I tell people, if you cannot figure out how to create digital relationships and add value virtually, you're going to like irrelevance even less. <laughs> Indeed. It's tough love, but it's the truth. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it at all. I think, I mean, uh, LinkedIn's been great for me. I won't say it's overwhelming, but it's definitely, I'm having the best year ever and Honestly, it's been the easiest in some ways. Mm. What else do we need to know? I really appreciate you taking the time to share this with me. I think there's a huge amount of value here. And I know a lot of people um, are interested in how to use LinkedIn better. And I hope they will start, as you say, building those digital relationships. Yeah, and I appreciate what you're doing, Chris. Um, since you and I were connected through our buddy Colin, um, I've been able to follow and learn from you. And I think there's always going to be a place for storytelling. You know, I was on a podcast the other day with Trent Anderson and we were, uh, and Trent's got this really novel idea to help people understand the framework of storytelling. It goes back to the question, can storytelling be learned or is it something innate that we're blessed with or not? And there is going to be a place for storytellers. I think that our ability to tell stories, short form, long form, and to make it relevant to a specific niche, and then to charge a price tag with a blended portfolio of products 
and services related to solving a problem, there's always going to be a business for that. However, there are some people who are in the camp of, hey, I'll just wait until a doctor buys my product and service. And then there are other people who are in the artisan camp, which is, I'm just going to make films and pray that hope is a strategy. And so, neither of those strategies work. The ability, as someone who considers myself an artist, I come from a creative family, I've got a creative background. My wife and I raised all these beautiful bohemian children who our guidance to them was to never, ever, ever get a job, um, you know, to make money off of your art. There is a blend between art and commerce. And so, for someone like myself leading a growing agency, I've been a healthcare guy or in the healthcare space since 1994. And I say, if we cannot find the artistic beauty of what doctors are doing every day to help us in the form of design and products and services, then shame on us. We're boring. And I think there's an opportunity right now. If you're a medical device leader, ask yourself, is it that your product is bad, thus you're competing on price, or is it that you're just under-exclusive? This is the time right now in a pandemic when people are on their phones even more. This is the time during a pandemic when the hospital doors are closed from sales reps stocking doctors at the scrub sink. This is the time for you to figure out how to communicate virtually with compliance and with creativity. And if you do, it is going to be a wonderful way to make a living. That's what I've learned. Yeah, I love it. Well, Matthew Ray Scott, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing all your beautiful expertise with me. I'm going to put, of course, in the show notes, a link to your LinkedIn profile. I recommend everybody follow Matthew. I, I could show you, if I did a screen share, my Evernote page of you and your posts that I go back and I watch the movies and say, what is he doing here? What is he doing here? <laughs> uh, that's a that's it, a. That's quite a compliment coming from you, Chris. I appreciate that. My own little course on LinkedIn content. That's that's too kind of you, I promise. Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity to be your guest. I will say it again. Whether you are in life science or healthcare marketing, you should follow what Matthew is doing on LinkedIn. I'll be shocked if you don't come away after a week with a new idea you can put to use right away. In my next episode, I'll be talking to my friend Matt Benson. October is Matt Month here at LSMR. He is the marketing director at One Point Solutions and the host of the Reagent podcast. We're going to talk about his journey into content, which should be inspiring to many of you. Until the next time, tell all your friends to subscribe to this podcast, which my last guest called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood for Life Science Marketers. Have a beautiful day wherever you are.